Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Hello, hello, hello. I'm V, the Grill Economist. I'm coming to you live from Moscow. I'm with my friends here, uh, CJ. He's uh, from uh, he's American Trash sitting in uh, this place. <laughs> he's uh, making uh, cannabis for the people to help with their pain and alleviation. We all know in Moscow that uh, only vodka is the best medicine for all of it. And we have uh, Matthew Errett. He's a French-Canadian. Uh, he likes croissants and lattes. And he's also a very good writer. You can see him over at CanadianPatriot.com as well as RisingTideFoundation.net. He writes very good things. Uh, we both have a very common interest. We don't like the crown. We hate British intelligence and the Anglo-Zionist uh, Nazi regimes. We don't like it. Privet, privet, privet. Let's begin, my friends. Oh, Russian in there. <laughs> I love your introductions, V, as always. <laughs> That's it, brother. That's it. Where do you want to begin? I guess today's kind of like a freestyle day. This morning, we couldn't do it. We couldn't, CJ and I couldn't do the shows. Um, you know, CJ was chopping up uh, 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 CBDs. And actually, it was my fault, CJ. I couldn't I couldn't get out of my little appointment. Yesterday, CJ was chopping up CBDs. This, this, today, I was just uh, drowned out with, with stuff to do. And so we're here. Yeah. Hey, Matt, we're here. We're here. It's another day. Yes. You're sipping a, a, a delicious cup of coffee. What do you want to talk about? I got my, my Bruce Lee cup here. Be water, my friend. Be water. And that, that's great, yes. great nice. worldly wisdom. Because uh, we have to be like water, you know? Like right now, the, the I'd world... I'd rather be like coffee. Hmm? I'd rather be like coffee. Well, I have coffee in my cup. It's a decoy. But <laughs> the coffee is trying to be like water. And I think that the, the moral of the story is that we do have to remain flexible, creative, because the world is in a state of flux. Um, there are no formulas to uh, allow us to have the right answers all the time, but I think that it's useful to uh, to have that creative flexibility to understand and to hold in mind that we we have certain um, invariants, so that no matter how much things flux in the storms and in the the turbulence of the the days that that pass, there there are certain constant uh, common denominators that remain the same, whether today, whether a hundred years ago, whether a thousand years ago. We live in a society organized by intentions and that those intentions are, are, are shaped by certain ideas of what human beings are, what the universe is that created human beings because we're inter interconnected and whether human beings are born into um, servitude to a, a master class that defines its, its station based on the fact that they're just born into better families that are like, just happen to be really rich and, and own a lot of things and you don't, or whether, and whether human beings like the founding fathers of the United States believed 
were born in the image of God with inalienable rights uh, of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now that's that's something which is we could we could see traces of this schism of these two views going back as far as you know ancient Athens, ancient Rome, um, where people like Plato, like Cicero, fought against the oligarchical um, systems of their time in defense of the idea that you no, know, there is such a thing as a soul. It's made in the image of of a creator, and that we can participate in the unfolding of creation when we activate our love of wisdom more than our love of our physical pleasures. And when that happens, it's sort of like a, a metaphysical inoculation to a lot of the sophistry, the, the, the false uh, constructs of, and false arguments that are put into like a minefield, our pathway to our journey as we try to make sense of the world, right? So today, I mean, you know, we got a, a lot of, of minds in the minefield. Uh, and I don't know, we could talk about a variety of things, whether it deals with the geopolitics of the Middle East, like we did last week, and elaborate on that a little bit, which we should, or uh, the military encirclement of Russia and China, or internal U.S. insanity. Um, we could talk about all of these things. So I, I don't know which one you guys want to uh, touch on first. Uh, you know, you know, I'm glad uh, you brought up some of the geopolitical stuff. Um, and I just had a, uh, you know, I did a show yesterday. Um, which, you know, I was on fire. I was on fire yesterday. So I uh, did a show yesterday, and, I, you know, I get comments, right? Because my, my whole goal is trying to wake up Americans, right? Hmm. And I think uh, not just Americans, but the West in general. Westerners need to wake up because we are, we are in such a terminal situation that there's nothing that's going to somehow uh, uh, somehow change the trajectory of how this thing is going to end. And the only option we have on our hands is who is going to control the narrative on the other side and who's going to be in charge. And my goal is to wake up the West and wake up Americans so that they can somehow do what they can to, to pick up what's going to be left on the other side of this massive crash that's ahead of us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I got into a little, uh, I, I usually never respond to comments on, on YouTube. I mean, if it's a funny comment, I'll respond to something with funny. But here's a comment here where I have to respond to someone. And, and, <laughs> and it kind of touches based on what we're talking about, right? Because the person's like, oh, you're, you're a, a foreign propagandist. Uh, you're not basing anything on factual. You don't know about the secret programs. Again, this, goes, this, this is a person who thinks... That only UFOs crash in America, and Americans are the only ones that could develop these advanced secret military things. And again, this is you know I was talking about like you know last week, Matt, where you know the the new Russian uh, uh, checkmate fighter, the the Su seventy five, right? The checkmate came out. They test fired the S five hundred. They showcased that. They showcased the Zircon advanced um, you know hypersonic missile. And the West literally had nothing. America had nothing, nothing in response. And this is the critical thing that I want a lot of people to make because a lot of people will go onto these internet boards and whatnot. And they're like, oh, wow, we have like secret reverse engineered alien technology, which we really don't. It's a bunch of BS, right? But they keep this marketing hoopla alive. And one of the things I wrote, Matt, is this. I said, you know, I told this individual, you're the very reason why America's screwed. America's a nation that consistently scores in the bottom of the barrel in mathematics and sciences and as well as other aptitude tests with a barely functioning understanding of the, of the English language. Hmm. America creates terminally stupid teenagers who become terminally stupid adults. America is a nation that has some of the most dumbest kids on God's green earth. 
America is also the most unhealthiest uh, nation in the developed world with the highest obesity, highest heart heart disease and cancer rate. America is also the number one most medicated nation in the world with the most amount of prescription drugs for psycho for psychotropic medications as well, from everything from psychotropic uh, medications to irritable bowel syndrome. America leads the world in opiate consumption. We love our opium. 85% of opium con- is consumed by Americans. We're Americans, number one. We're number one, baby. Yeah, it's exceptionalism. It's exceptional stand. America's biggest exports are trash, recyclables, and pornography. You think of a nation of idiots can produce anything of worth? That they can actually build a space plane? Ask yourself, why hasn't the U.S. been back to the moon? Simply because they cannot build another shuttle. As the machinery, the factory, the tech, and the material and resources have all been outsourced, they're gone, right? Yeah. And yeah. all the all the scientists that you would train in a space program, they're gone too. They're either retired or they're dead. You think a nation that could that can go um, that can so called let me say okay, okay. S- simply they could not. And I said, ask yourself this question: Why hasn't okay? You think a nation that could build you a, a an advanced uh, you know, space plane, as uh, as according to the internet, that they could build that. If they could do this, then why would they? Why does NASA have to hitch rides on Russian rockets? Right. Yeah. Twenty years ago, there was there was tech theft from China, no doubt. There's no doubt about it. But Israel has stolen way more tech than the Chinese have, but and and has it has has had more spies in U.S. institutions. Yet you don't hear anything about that now, do you? In terms of this modern decade, in terms of China's theft. They have no need to. China breaks over 500,000 scientists and engineers per year. Their tech and telecom and computers are far and away more advanced than anything in the U.S. And this year alone, China has done the following. They created an artificial sun that burned for 146,000 degrees Celsius and kept it going for 100 seconds, breaking all world records. China's completed work on the world's first mini-reactor, producing zero waste and enough power to power a small city. China's in the process of executing a lunar mining program for, with 4-helium-6, the next generation of clean fuel. China has multiple rover missions to the moon, as well as Mars, and all the rovers use advanced streamlined tech that allowed the collection of samples from both the moon and Mars, had a lander, a return uh, a vehicle, as well as an orbiter. All of this was streamlined, right? China had its astronauts enter their new space station that, that was this week. China and Russia have become constructing their own unique individual space station. Does the U.S. have a space station? Nope. China has begun construction on their fifth rocket site with many more to come. Uh, um, uh, how about the U.S.? Oh, that's right. We hitched ride with the Russians. China accomplishes this, accomplishes this because they are a meritocracy on, on top and a democracy on the bottom. They have the money, the economy, and the scientific knowledge to make it happen. What's the U.S. doing? Oh, yeah, right, nothing. Perhaps the Harvard students in their next what, what, in the butt anal sex class can share some advancements in, to the rest of humanity. You need to wake up. America's a joke. And the sooner that you and fast that you can, you know, you realize this, the faster you can start doing something about this. And I just, you know, I, I'm you're, just you're, rushing. You're obviously, you're obviously a Russian-Chinese agent. I'm ab- obviously, obviously. Obviously. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they, they, they just made... You know, this is the one thing that I that I also forgot to uh, to mention is that they also just made their their first qubit computer, which is basically taking a quantum computer and shrinking it down so that you could actually use it for personal use. They also have like a hundred thousand ton, uh, what is it, the, the brand new offshore uh, drilling facility, but it's under the water. Like you know, I mean, they they just went to the Marianas Trench. I mean, they're doing all this stuff, and what are we doing? Gender studies, man. We're breaking gender study professionals and 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 and. Uh, uh, and, and everything is identity politics. It's ridiculous, bro. We have discovered the 195th gender 
<laughs> oh, that was several years ago. We're up 3,000. Science driver program. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> we did it. We did it. Yeah. Unbelievable, man. And this is oh, where we are, dude. We're being left in the dust, man. It's, 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 it makes me mad. No, I, I I mean, when you look at what we were doing back in the 1950s, and especially into the 60s in the uh, John F. Kennedy era and the wave of creative discoveries that was put into, into action with JFK's comprehensive continental program that involved not just the space program where we were going to get a, a human being to the moon by the end of the decade, but there were so many other things. There were fusion rockets that he put mil hundreds of millions of U.S. dollars into developing fusion technology for the earth but also fusion rockets and you could hear these speeches by jfk where he talks about um in our in their lifetimes getting to the furthest reaches of our solar system and beyond and that was the orientation that would feed back into the entire u.s economy yep. so every aspect of the economy was was being up uh, uplifted by the pioneering breakthroughs being made into the domain of the infinite, of the yep. impossible and of the unknown that was resulting in medical technologies, CT scans, magnetic resonant imaging, uh, microwave technology, cellular telephones, internet, uh, GPS. N most of the things that people have that they use and don't even think about where it comes from came from that intention to not live in a Malthusian trap of zero population growth, adapting to fixed resources which is what we live in today unfortunately this is like this is something which the british empire tried to feed down people's throats in the 19th century um this idea you know and this is what justified the the irish potato famine millions dead in ireland uh millions more dead in india and it was all based on the scientific justification of thomas malthus that you know food grows arithmetically population grows geometrically and so Responsible governance should always encourage flattening the curve of population to adapt to the limits of existence that nature put onto us. Now, this entire paradigm of, of imperialism completely disregards the fact that the human mind is not something locatable in space or time. Like we have a brain, it exists in space, right? There's a, a, a weight to the brain uh, of a human being. It exists in time. It won't be there, you know, forever, and it won't. It wasn't always there. But the brain is not the mind. the The brain is a conduit to express mental activity, right. which is not limited to the brain itself. And you could prove that because we discover truths of the universe that are universal. Right. Right. The inverse square law in science. The the fact that whether light or gravitational effects re, uh, are reduced by a fact a, a function of the inverse square of distance of the source of gravitation or light right so that's something which is true here or in alpha centauri or in whatever star system you want to go to that that's a fundamental function of reality of space-time so the human mind as limited as it is can access concepts that are unlimited that are unbounded and that can translate those into new scientific and technological upshifts that disprove Thomas Malthus and the entire British um, imperial architecture. I mean, anybody who has been listening to Harley Schlanger on your, your show yep. uh, probably has a sense of this. Um, Harley Schlanger is always talking about Lyndon LaRouche, the, the, the recently deceased American economist. Yep. It, it's rich, rich philosophy in there. And I, I think that these concepts are not unknown. 
But back to your point in terms of practical technologies, like Russia, I was just reading this morning, Russia is now already, because they're not going to be involved with the International Space Station in 2025. Right. They're already putting on, preparing to put online as of 2025, when they're out, they're putting online their own space station, which is going to involve nuclear reactor technology. They're, they're, they're looking at nuclear propulsion to get like where it currently takes us, you know, what is it, like nine months of travel to get from the Earth to Mars yeah. with chemical propulsion. That's stupid. That's going to possibly kill astronauts. We don't know what the effects on the biology of human beings are going to be when you're like traveling outside of the Earth, the Earth's magnetic field and, and Van Allen belts. We don't know that. Right. But when you can get, so you don't want to put people in that environment for nine months. You don't, they're, they're probably going to come back dead. Whereas like Russia is looking seriously at nuclear rockets that are going to get, get you there in 30 to 40 days. Uh, China has already announced ion propulsion. Um, to, to use an ion flux to, again, you can get similar uh, speeds with this. Um, it, it plays into f nuclear nuclear propulsion. And they're both looking at getting fusion online, like you just pointed out, China's breakthroughs on mm -hmm. plasmas and uh, achieving, what is it, 100 million degree temperatures for how long? 140 seconds or something? Yes, it, it's astounding. I mean, this is next generation like this is like sci-fi man i mean that mm. and they're building like an entire underwater on the bottom of the seafloor have you seen the 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 uh, mock-ups for the uh it's called the uh, ling long one which is like an entire underground picture a, a power plant like an oil refinery and a power plant but it's completely underwater and it's a hundred thousand tons the whole facility is 100,000 tons. It's on the bottom of the sea, and it's not only like mining and extracting natural gas and LNG, but also oil as well. This is incredible tech, man. Is it automated, or is are there people down there? Uh, it, there's people down there. Huh. It, it, they're, they're building it out. It's going to be crazy. And what are we doing? <laughs> we're spying on each other. We're, we're, we're selling Ponzi schemes, and we're threatening the world, and nobody's buying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. And, and I mean, I, I think when you this is where you you can really start appreciating the the because a lot of people become a little intimidated when they start recognizing that there are, you know, powerful agendas, conspiracies at the top of historical processes. They get a little bit intimidated, um, which is, I think, natural, but you don't want to just be intimidated by the fact that there are evil intentions with power to to carry out their goals. Because whenever these um, power structures are successful, they end up cannibalizing themselves and undermining their own existence, like a parasite that kills its own host. Yep. Um, and I think this is a great example of what we're living through right now. You know, and there's a reason why empires always result when they when they achieve their their um, controls that they desire, whether it's the Roman Empire or the Venetian Empire or Babylon before that. Um, they they it results in a collapse of the population, but also a collapse of the, the family structures at the top of the pyramid too. They don't do well in those situations, even though in hindsight, they tend to romanticize them with things like the round table movement. You know, they, they glorify the idea of like King Arthur's medieval round table was such a glorious time when, you know, the, the serfs knew their role as minions and, and talking cows and the masters knew their roles in their orgies in castles and everything was right in, in equilibrium. So they have a romanticized view of the past. But then when they actually put into action 
their their impulses to achieve what they believe is their right to control the world with no uh, resistance, they end up again, you know, destroying themselves by undermining the educational systems, the the ability to produce the minds needed to create new ideas that would solve problems. Um, they they can't actually do that because they have to not only stupidify their victims, but they end up stupidifying their own progeny within the upper echelons as well. Um, and they, they're not able to then react to real creativity where it arises, where there's human being impulses that actually want to have a future and not be sacrificed on the altar of Gaia or other. Um, and this is what we see coming out of the Russia-China uh, Greater Eurasian Partnership. Um, which is manifested in the Belt and Road Initiative that has the maritime, the polar Silk Road aspect, it, the obviously the overland uh, Belt and Road that moves straight through uh, the Middle East, through um, Pakistan with the, 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 the China-Pakistan Economic Corridor into increasingly Afghanistan, Iran, uh, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, potentially Turkey, and into Europe with one of the corridors, but also branches into Africa through through Jordan, Egypt, as well as through Russia, um, and space. The Space Silk Road that we've been sort of dovetailing in our small little discussion is also a part of this too, that the, this is an idea of expanding the idea of win-win cooperation, not militarization, right. out of the, the known domains and into the unknown where we are able to activate most efficiently yeah. human creative thought. And also, I think what's very important about this is testing out what theories are prevalent that are that might be popular but are not true. So I think that you're going to see, and we are seeing already incredible uh, revolutionary scientific leaps happening in Russia and China that are not happening in the West, partially because of what you just said, that we're putting our focus on developing new 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 genders um, with critical race theory that has no bearing in reality whatsoever, but that's where our resource, resources are going to, and that's what you're going to be paying as a student coming out of a university in Harvard. Increasingly, you know your your quarter million dollar uh, uh, student fees for that experience of of brainwashing, whereas in Russia and China, where they actually value scientific, creative, fruitful mentation, um, and they're doing things. They're they're testing their their thoughts out with goals that allow them to see well what works, what doesn't work. It's a very different outcome. So there, you know, we have <clears throat> in whether it's the domain of the atom, um, and and the 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 theories that allow our minds to understand what's going on inside of this very small domain of atomic behavior, where we can increasingly tap into like we're all made of atoms. Right, whether living or non-living material, my cup is made of atoms. Each atom, you know, contains an immense amount of energy. But you have to understand what's going on in order to be able to tap into and harness that energy for the good, instead of just for bombs. I mean, we we see the effect of it with bombs. That's already right there. But now you could do you could do a lot of good. You could end world hunger forever. You could have 20, 30, 40 billion people both on the Earth and on other celestial bodies with this type of technology that's a very new one that we've discovered. Um, but to do that requires we that we have some sense of what's happening. So our Western society is really being held back by standard theory models, you know, of 
you know, string theory, you know, there, there's infinite models that we entertain as being all equally plausibly true, whether the, you know, string theory has 11 dimensions or 23 dimensions or 48 dimensions. You can, as long as you could build a self-descriptive model, they say, okay, we'll give you a PhD, we'll, you know, we'll treat it as equally possibly true. But then as soon as you try to say, well, wait a minute, they can't all be equally true just because they have logic behind them. They can't all be true. Some of them might have some, some false assumptions. Maybe all of them have false assumptions. Um, well, you can't know that if you're just sitting in a consumer society, stationary society, not doing anything and just, you know, eking off of the success of the past. Whereas China and Russia are actually moving into and constantly acting on future states. So they could test out, well, if this doesn't work, despite the fact that it might be popular, let's throw it away and try to encourage something new to come online in quantum computing or in astroclimatology, right? Or in uh, the atomic standard model structure of the atom, whatever. There, it's a very different way of thinking that we're not used to. We used to have this in the West, but it's gone. It's, it's, it's increasingly, or it's become fringe. Fringe science. I mean, look at this, right? I mean, here, here's a great article right here. So you bring it up, um, how identity politics is uh, harming the scientists. Identity politics has engulfed the humanities and social sciences of American campuses. Now it's taking over the hard scientists. The Ooh. STEM field, science, technology, engineering, and math are all under attack for being insufficiently diverse. The pressure to increase the repre representation of females, blacks, and Hispanics come from the federal government, university administrators, and scientific societies themselves. That pressure is changing how science is taught and how scientific qualifications are evaluated. The results will be disastrous for scientific innovation and for American competitiveness. This is what they're obsessed with. Yeah. This is, it's insanity, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's, that's a really powerful, powerful uh, article there. And yeah, no, that... that for people who, you know, I think at this point, most people have seen the the different examples of these critical race ideologues who are trying to argue that, you know, math uh, is racist. And, you know, I've seen this on Tucker Carlson, on, on Fox News. I've seen this all over the place. But you actually have these these people who are trained. They've, they're PhDs. They've, they spent years training their minds to understand critical race theory and to look at the all of the past and all of the future from that filter of, you know, uh, white males that are intrinsically like a computer program designed to do nothing but suppress weaker uh, races and genders for their material gain. That's the sort of presumption that's a constant amongst all of these assumptions. Well, and sure, there are white males that are that are shitheads that have done a lot of damage that think that way. I admit that. But there's also like, what are you going to say? Every single thought that comes from a white male, from Dante Alighieri to da vinci to george washington everybody it's all equally like that like i'm sorry i'm sorry that's really dumb and they they say that math is is racist because white slave owners and imperialists have used math thus math teachers have the responsibility not, not only of teaching the pythagorean theorem but also of teaching um racial injustice in schools and social justice and it's like well i'm sorry if you do that you are you are going to make people really really emotionally crippled if that becomes like a normative thing in our society that's not going to go well those students are not going to come out of that experience as wiser more powerful citizens capable of like understanding how anything works they're going to yeah. be the opposite L listen to this matt 
Yeah. California Department of Education has announced that the gap between well-performing students and their less able peers must disappear, indicating that mere words are not enough. Schools must deliver equity in classrooms. Such an effort would involve faculty holding well, holding back well-performing students, all the while pushing their less intellectual peers forward as if they were all indeed equal in abilities potentially stranding a group of gifted individuals in a situation where they are likely held back by a single child who simply can't get a problem right and needs endless special instruction is hardly something to be proud of for the school or for the students themselves. Yeah. This is what they're doing in California. California is a test bed for everything that they want done in the United States, man. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to know like why um, our society, I mean, for anybody confused about how our society full of seemingly educated people are able to go along with things like the Great Reset agenda and believing in certain obviously easily provably false narratives like human beings have caused global warming or, you know, COVID. I'm not a whatever. I'll just say it. Uh, COVID is like the uh, the Black Plague of our, our modern era that we need to uh, get rid of nation states to solve this this plague and, and, and vaccinate little kids age two or whatever, like People actually think this way. Yep. It's because of this. It's 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 embedded in the culture and the education system. And a, and a friend of mine, on on because the sciences and the arts are two sides of the same process. And I, I always try to emphasize that on people. But a friend of mine just recently sent me a a, a news update of a eighteen thousand dollar art purchase that had just occurred in Italy of the first um, invisible sculpture that had sold for $18,000. It's apparently five meters uh, cubic in sort of volume of non-existent space that it occupies. It has a certificate of authenticity that the artist has written out, um, making the point that this exists in the metaphysical domain of his imagination. And that is as equally real as everything else in the physical world is, as he says, and thus, and he's a prestigious, you know, uh, art professor and artist. So you have to respect what he says. Um, somebody bought it for eight hundred so grand. Must be worth it. Hmm? This is like the guy who bought the one thousand or three thousand dollar air guitar on eBay. You know, it's a you know you do air guitar with your fingers. Oh, right. Shit. Yeah, somebody. This was like years ago. <laughs> I think it was like a thousand or two thousand or three thousand dollars he spent on an air. So this guy bought an empty space of air on a podium for eighteen thousand dollars. Wow. Wow. Yeah, well, that's the sort of thing, right? So Jesus if you want to know why our society is not fit to survive, it's because things like that are, are permitted to happen and be respected. Um, and, and, and it goes a long way to sort of demonstrate why people believe that we have a jobless economic recovery. You know, like, how do you have an economic recovery with no added jobs? Or how do you have, uh, or how do we even justify pumping more fake money into a, a bubble economy, which is mostly fake money that has only seen a destruction of our agro-industrial productive base over the yeah. past 50 years. How is it that we've permitted to, to have that real source of value that sustains human life occur nonstop for 40 years, since before we were even born, this, this attrition began, while at the same time allowing for the geometrical increase of fictitious capital in the form of speculative uh, assets that have no bearing or measurable effect in reality. Um, how have we ha let that happen to the point that we're now pumping in extra fake money out of thin air to infuse it into this nothing of this bubble that won't, that's based on unpayable debts that 
were, are just waiting to be defaulted upon so that the whole thing can deleverage and, and collapse. How can educated PhDs allow this to happen? Partially stupidity. I think the majority, probably 90% or more, are just trained, educated to be dumb because of the fact that sim similar things happen as we've seen in what we just talked about in the arts, that, that PhDs in arts and in art history can actually think that selling a non-existent, well, in your case, you gave the example of the uh, <laughs> the imaginary guitar or or this imaginary sculpture. That's the fact that that can happen right there is a sign of it. Or uh, on the other hand, that we can have so many theories of what is going on in the atomic domain of, of quantum theory or black holes or dark matter that will never be dark matter what can never be investigated by its its nature this thing right. that supposedly makes up something like 70% of the of the entire universe plus dark energy makes up like 95% or more of the whole universe we're we're told that you cannot investigate it ever by its nature so it's this thing that we're supposed to give our faith to that we cannot prove exists or doesn't exist but it works in a model on a in a, in a computer and by virtue of us doing that, whether in the arts or whether in the sciences, our, our ability to think for ourselves is self-crippled to the point that we can accept what is happening on an economic or geopolitical level, which is obviously self-destructive in all cases. Yeah. You know, it, it's crazy. You have to ask yourself, especially if you have a family, especially if you have kids, right? Young kid in, in particular, mm -hmm. what type of world do you want them to grow up in, right? Do you want them to grow up in a society? You forget the world. The world's going to be fine. The multipolar world exists. It's real. It's here. And later on, I want to talk about um, the state, the recent meeting that they just had in Tianjin between uh, the the State Department lackey, who is a social studies teacher, versus Tiger Wang. So this is this is going to be great. <laughs> but uh, you have to ask yourself, right? Do you want your kids growing up in a society where they're literally it's identity politics? They're dumbed down. Um, they're not taught math and sciences. They're not taught to th think critically. Or do you want to put them in, in, a, in a society where they're reaching for the stars? You yeah. want to put them in a society where they're looking at the stars and saying it's about time that humanity goes interstellar? Or do you want to put them in a society where Harvard, Harvard University is offering classes called What, What, in the Butt? Discovering the virtues of anal sex. I mean, <laughs> the choice is yours. Do you want Billy to shove a watermelon up his rear end, or do you want him to understand quantum physics, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I think that those two paradigms we see expressed in, I mean, it's something you could laugh at when they're occurring in our, our messed up, you know, university education system. But then when you actually see the practical effects of these things, like in the fact that Get into the mind of, of, a, of a, a Chinese statesman right now or a Russian statesman. Russia is currently looking at an array of military exercises conducted by NATO as part of a long-standing program since 2006, 2007 under Cheney. This got underway of full spectrum dominance of surrounding Russia with a uh, an entire uh, zone of a ballistic missile shield around the former Soviet states, especially in Europe, uh, mostly funded by NATO and the United States. Uh, currently, as of today, there's the uh, the beginning of a new exercise called um, uh, what's called Agile Spirit in Georgia, which involves, you know, 1,600 Georgian troops, 700 U.S. troops in preparation for war with Russia. Um, Russia's obviously looking 
And this, there, this is like on the piggybacking off of a whole array of like a dozen similar military exercises. And there's going to be more throughout the entire August, September, October period. Um, we know that Georgia was a place where there was already the instigation of a war for five days with Russia in 2008, which yep. occurred because the U.S. had provided um, guarantees to Georgia, Saakashvili's government, that uh, they would back up Georgia in that conflict. And, they, and the United States, my friend Rick Rosoff even wrote an article pointing out that even the United States had flown 2,500 Georgian troops from Iraq into Georgia to be a part of that escalation and fight with Russia that killed, I think it resulted in about a thousand people dying. Um, Russia put that down when, I guess, saner heads prevailed inside the U.S. establishment and pulled back and didn't let the U.S. follow through with Cheney's promises. And Georgia was still, like today, thank God, not a part of NATO. Um, so things were not, you know, the, the, the collective security pact was not a, arranged, but that's still happening right now. Right. So that's, that's on the one hand, China, as well as looking at the, um, two military exercises happening currently on their perimeter. Again, the iron Pacific 2021 exercises in Guam, which is like a little U S colony that's been there for a, a, a long time, hundred years or more, um, on China's backyard. There's a huge military exercise with 35 stealth fighter aircrafts, 800 personnel, and there's a whole variety of other things planned in Guam. You've got uh, the Australian Talisman Sabre happening right now, um, which involves amphibian assaults um, in, you know, pr again, preparing it once more for a type of confrontation with China. You know what I find the most funny, Matt? Yeah. Is these idiots are mobilizing all this hardware, right? Mm -hmm. I challenge anybody, if you could find it, find it. Just take a look at the maintenance backlog for United States naval ships. Mm. It is terrifying. Did you realize the Brits have only one functional destroyer in their entire fleet? Is that the Elizabeth? Yes. There's one, one functional destroyer mm. battle, you know, warship in their entire fleet. It is incredible. They the, the F-35s, they're, they're putting every hour, and when the F-35 was being put to sea trials for the Navy, I had a guy of mine who was part of that program to integrate the F-35 into the in, into U.S. naval use, was the F-35C. And he told me specifically, V, every time that damn lemon, that flying turd, spends in the air, for every hour it spends in the air, it's damn near 90 hours in maintenance. Nothing <clears throat> works. He's like, we send out those planes, with software updates that still haven't been updated and systems are not even functioning at 100%. He said that plane never flies at 100% proficiency. It's oh, if you they say if they can get 50 to 60% of the of the plane correct, they'll just send it out and fly it. That that's <laughs> how it is, man. That plane is not never 100% fit, not fit to survive. No. Uh yeah, see, so that's the thing. So you, you got this insanity. The, 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 these people are completely woefully unequipped to deal with any type of actual combat with these countries, but that's not stopping them. Like, you know, you, you mentioned Britain, the basket case. Um, their military is completely atrophied in so many ways, but they're still sending this this H HMMS or whatever it is, H HMS yeah. Elizabeth. They already sent this destroyer into uh, the territorial waters of Russia in Crimea, which resulted in a certain, you know, uh, yeah. some serious messaging with bombs on both cases uh, as a warning that this is going to escalate if you don't back down. Now they've sent this this stupid uh, destroyer with a whole entourage into Chinese waters, along with the French, the Dutch, the Japanese, South Korea armadas that are like massively increasing their behavior in uh 
uh, you know, the, the, the freedom of nation navigation zones of the, the South China Sea. Um, the United States, uh, Blinken, as well as this, this uh, character, uh, Wendy Sherman, that you, you referenced, this, this former the, social worker. The social worker. Oh, yeah. She, she's a real diplomat, Matt. Real uh, a Clinton lackey. Completely part of the machine, uh, pitiful, and this is the best they can like muster for their diplomatic savviness. Uh, but Blinken, um, just a few days ago, had chastised China. I mean, weeks ago now at the ASEAN, but chastised China for being the the imperial aggressor in the South China Sea, and they had the gall. Blinken had the gall to say that um, the United Nations uh, Convention of Law of the Sea that was upheld somehow at the Hague a few years back, which basically said that a bunch of the, the, the zones that China claims is their own is actually the property of the Philippines and Vietnam, that that's, that's um, legit. And that China is being an imperial aggressor for ignoring the, the Hague and UNCLOS, the, the law of the sea. You want to know uh, something so funny, man, look at yeah. the way they're, the, the way they're treating an economic and military superpower, which is the Chinese same way they've been treating the Russians since the cold war, which mm -hmm. is they have this on again, off again relationship. And I, I forgot who it was, uh, but the, but the statesman from the U S or was he a British statesman who said, you cannot treat the Russians this way. During the Cold War, we need to have meaningful dialogue, meaningful conversations, and arrive at mutually beneficial agreements and arrangements. This way, the world has peace. These idiots that are in charge, they're incapable of such things. They're completely incapable of it. They're, they're literally just, you're, yeah. you're embarrassing a, a, a powerful country in their backyard, and then when you need something, hey, by the way, you guys suck, you guys do a genocide, and you're trying to embarrass a country on an international and then, hey, could you work with us on climate change? Yeah, Wait, I know. What? <laughs> and that was like all Wendy Sherman, who's sort of the the, you know, the, the she's the undersecretary of state for, un, under uh, Blinken, um, that's sort of her boss. She's the highest level person that actually go to China since Biden's election, and that was her whole point was that they we sent can't a work social worker. And, yeah. and who, she was facing off against Wang Yi, right? Tiger Wang himself. Yes. Right. Tiger Wang was there. The guy's a savage. He's an absolute savage. He destroyed this little wench. Well, he destroyed her boss, too. I mean, yeah. back in Alaska. Of, he, of, he, he ripped Blink, Blinken was um, saying that he was choking on his own words. Blinken was, I think Blinken crapped him. He, he shat himself in his pants. I, I think that that was scientifically what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah there was a. Anyway, but so she was actually deployed there just to say that the only two things that we can work with you on are, yeah. COVID-19 and climate change, because obviously these are two parts of the Great Reset. And when you keep in mind that that's what's controlling the United States currently is, is this foreign uh, parasite, which is anti-nation state. It's committed to the Great Reset agenda, which is full of transhumanism. It's full of depopulation um, axioms. And that's really what's always there. So no matter what you see the U.S. Um, puppets doing moment to moment, there's always this agenda behind the scenes. Now, she was shot down completely by Wang Yi. And, you know, while she was trying to uh, sort of follow Blinken's lead and criticize China for all of their abuses in the Pacific and other things, Wang Yi just very eloquently made the point that, you know, like the U.S. has been provably under or behind destabilizations with the CIA, the NED in Hong Kong and Xinjiang and Tibet. Also, I think implicitly in that 
what Yang Yu was messaging as well for anybody paying attention was every other country, including Cuba, Venezuela, and other things, where the U.S. has been uh, complicit in regime change and within their own country too. Like the U.S. has no right when you look at the, the basket case conditions happening within the U.S. to go and criticize other countries' um, anti-democratic problems. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the, there was not even a, a proper election this year. And in, in even like, I think there was recent uh, surveys that had 70% Republicans and 30% even Democrats admit that the elections uh, in recently in the United States were, uh, were fraudulent. So uh, yeah, China is just looking at this, this, this thing. It's trying really hard, as is Russia, to find something human inside of the Western uh, grouping. It's trying to pull out, and that's why since 2013, there have been olive branch after olive branch offered to the West to work with China on the Belt and Road Initiative, the New Silk Road. It's been consistent. And that's also why I think that a lot of the, the thought controllers controlling the, the, the zeitgeist, the, the mainstream media zeitgeist uh, of the West has been working very hard to demonize Russia and China to blind people from the provably obvious fact that these countries defending the multipolar alliance uh, do not want World War III. They do not, they're not the ones who are at the heart of uh, election manipulation or cyber attacks or anything of that sort. These are countries which are trying to put online uh, a legitimate system of, of economic development for all people to access full spectrum, you know, manufacturing based economies, whether it's in Africa or their own countries. And they've even offered to help the United States redevelop its infrastructure and manufacturing base, which has been self-destroyed over decades um, under Kissinger's program since the 70s. So this has been now something which exists, it does exist for any patriot in the West who actually wants to organize with a workable battle plan. There is this already existent system of nation states defending humankind from the depopulation world government agenda. It's already happening. We don't have to start and create something afresh from, from scratch. This is actually something that's in our traditions in the West. If you look back to people like Martin Luther King, Bobby Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, Franklin Roosevelt, Lincoln, McKinley, Harding, this is something which great leaders in our own past traditions have fought and died for. Um, and now it's being revived in our own lifetimes in the Eurasian zone. So we could, this is something to work with, right? Because there's a lot of people I'm, I'm encountering, and I'm saying this out of a bit of frustration because there's so many people who, you know, follow the writings on the on the Rising Tide Foundation or or the Canadian Patriot or I'm sure on, on Rogue News, who understand they're, they're, the awakening is very strong right now to the fact that there are conspiracies. The Great Reset has shaken a lot of people out of their stupor. Um, they see that there's this depopulation agenda, but they still think because they they believe in they don't understand the the higher historical dynamics of of our reality. They still think that the ultimate uh, problem makers or arsonists causing all of our, our problems are China or Russia or Venezuela. And they don't see how the British intelligence, the British oligarchical system, which is not just the city, city of London, it's not just the military industrial complex, it's not just the, the you know, the, the cultural warfare, it's, it's, it's something more but use it that, that uses different aspects of these mechanisms. 
this is really there today as it was 100 years ago, as it was 200 years ago. It's the same sort of beast with the same impulses, um, which is not China or Russia. They, they, Russia and China are both targets, just like the United States is, for destruction. And it's only when we, we realize that that we'll have really a workable ability to overcome a lot of the unsolvable problems like the oncoming economic collapse. In many ways, the economy has already collapsed. It's just a question now of when we're going to feel the shockwave. Um, that's going to be bad. And it, once the shockwave hits us, like a tsunami, a lot of the potentials for uh, solutions, policy solutions, are going to be gone. Yep. That's going to be chaos. So, gentlemen, I think one area that Matthew, go ahead, finish your thought. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. You know, that was sort of, I didn't really have an end point. I'm just rambling. But yeah, go on. <laughs> no, I was going to, I think one area that speaks volumes that I think most Americans could understood in terms of just, you know, you know, layman terms is the fact, look at Af Afghanistan, for example. Mm. Like, you know, it, you know, literally what we, what do we spend cl probably close to $5 trillion that we know past, of the past, that we know of the past 20 years. And what did we get out of it? Ab absolutely nothing and now literally now literally china and russia are actually in brokering yes. actual deals with pakistan and afghanistan now yeah. so they yeah. benefit uh, you know from all the money we spent it just it's just it's crazy yeah 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 so, we, we we built a vibrant and productive environment for terrorists to grow and to be nurtured okay yeah. <laughs> That's what we've done, CJ. <laughs> well, you know, there this is a problem, right? Like, like on the one hand, um, hey, at least we got a lot of opium out of that deal. Mm -hmm. Yay! <laughs> and and that's that's one thing that's interesting, right? Is that despite and I mean the the Taliban is sort of like a weird basket case cult. Uh, it's it's got anti woman problems. They I mean I when they got into power in 1995 96, um, I'm just saying this because I'm about to say some some good things about the Taliban. <laughs> But when they got into power, they did some terrible things. They like passed crazy laws that banned um, uh, no like, music, my friend. We we we, we banned music, the music paintings, paintings that depict like things that exist in real life or were banned. Uh, they forced all women to be in head to toe garb, you know, the, in 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 desert temperatures. No schools for women, and and frankly, even for for guys too. Increasingly, uh, no property could be owned by women. Um, they, they took like one of the lead surgeons from the, the lead, lead uh, hospital in Kabul, who was a woman, um, and they pulled her out of it, stuck her in a, in a little like farm town with a garb. And that was it. That was like what they told her her fate was forever. Um, so, you know, you, you get some crazy shit there. And this emerged out of, in many ways, these big new Brzezinski policy for of course the uh, Middle East. Huh? Mujahideen, which splintered into the Northern Alliance with uh, Masood. Uh, yes. What's his name again? Masood. Uh, uh, oh, geez, he was really good. What the hell was his name? Mahmoud, uh, Commander uh, Mamun, was it? Nah, Masood Shah. Uh, uh, Ahmed Masood Shah. Ahmed Shah, something like that. Masood, Masood yeah, yeah, the United Front, the head of the yeah, United Front. Yeah, he was, he, was the one, he was known as the Lion of Panjir. He was a moderate dude. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. The, he was good, and he was actually yeah. like bringing back some seriously positive reforms. And yeah, and then what do they do? The, the, the CIA, Mossad, ISI infiltrated Taliban at that time had him assassinated. Yeah, anybody who wants to uh, know more about this incredible guy, um, really recommend that they read. Uh, Pepe Escobar wrote a really yes. good book um, on this guy's life. I forget the name of it now, but yeah, this is this is extraordinary. Like he was even warning before 9/11 uh, that something was going to happen when he flew to, to Europe for a, con a convention. 
And he was like, yeah, look, you got to prepare yourself because there's something being planned by your intelligence agencies that are going to put the blame on, uh, on Osama bin Laden. You got to do something. And, uh, and he, he had actually created a united front. Uh, he was very progressive, was bringing back education for women, was, was getting rid of the idea of exactly like the idea that women were, were somehow second class or yep. non, non-class citizens. Yep. Um, so yeah, very, very fascinating guy who was assassinated by two terrorists who were acting like they were reporters who, who blew up uh, next to him. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> you, you have a, a program where the U.S. on the one hand is pulling out of Afghanistan. You know, there are recent meetings now with the uh, the head of Iraq. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Mustafa Al-Kadmi mm-hmm. um, and Biden, where that just happened. And that's good, you know, that, that there was an agreement that the U.S. was going to pull out its, um, its active military uh, functions from Iraq. But again, there are, when you hold in mind what is really the essence of, of foreign policy controlling the U.S., and there's a big... Uh, shifting of gears happening right now because they've tried in a million ways to undermine and destroy the Russia-China Belt and Road Initiative. They've tried and they've failed. It's it's only gotten stronger. Now Iran is on board as well. So it's the Iran-Russia-China alliance, which is increasingly creating a field of safety for other smaller countries to jump into, which provide an actual set of new economic relationships that are in the benefit of them outside of the IMF World Bank controls. So these countries, yeah, like on the one hand, Iraq, who is this guy? Um, this prime minister, Mustafa Al-Kadmi, he's the guy who canceled Iraq's uh, program with the Belt and Road Initiative. Back last year, uh, Prime Minister Mahdi had signed a, an agreement where China, where China was going to invest in, in Iraqi oil in favor of uh, Chinese investments into the infrastructure of Iraq. And uh, at a discount price for oil, this this new guy came in, completely sabotaged all of it, canceled Iraq's relationship with the BRI, and instead is now promoting more of a, a pro uh, build back better for the world orientation. But yes, yes, he's he's deciding to take Iraq off of the oil, and uh, they will soon have windmills, my friend. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a joke. And, and the U.S. is trying to create things like a new quad. You know, they're trying to quad of the Pacific that they're trying to get yep. online as a, as a yep. Pacific native with India and with uh, uh, Japan and Australia. And now they're trying to do something similar with uh, Pakistan and Afghanistan and uh, Uzbekistan, which has a certain amount of synergy on the surface with the Belt and Road because it involves investments into infrastructure, thank God. That's good. And that could be used to align these countries with, I mean, Pakistan's already firmly on board, but you got to always keep in mind that there are these subterfuge levels of um, investments into um, terrorism. So that on, on the other hand, you have the US, which is under Biden, at least this deep state structure is working very hard to infuse a lot of arms and uh, accelerate the power of ISIS in Afghanistan, which has received an immense amount of, of support. Maria Zakharova of the Russian mm-hmm. foreign ministry uh, spokesperson, incredible woman, really fascinating. She's Brilliant. really great. She's earning her money really well. Yep. Um, but she came out uh, make, making the point that th- the Russians have observed that uh, you know artillery, munitions, and other supplies have been provided by helicopters in Afghanistan that are supplying these weapons to ISIS. And she's making the point that uh, the U.S. either knows exactly and is allowing it, or is directly behind this occurring to inflame it. Uh, 
We have deep state structures within Pakistan, which have been behind and supportive of uh, radical Islamic uh, groups for a very long time. So Pakistan has their own fights between the their deep state and their more legitimate uh, branches of government, just like all countries do. Um, but you also have things like we talked about last week of a repackaging of the of Al Qaeda, where yep. the current head of Al Qaeda was brought to PBS's front line, and and I mentioned last he was, week he that was also on the BBC, and he was on the BBC. Okay, so they're working really hard to repackage. We have with guy. us, we have with us uh, Mustafa Al Kaboom. He likes to be known oh, as Mark. Mark, welcome to the show. Hello, my friend. I'm here. I, 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 we are no longer Al Qaeda. We are now moderate rebels. We are freedom fighters. Yes. And he has like, you know, they, they dress them up with like pink socks and stuff. So he's like more friendly with some gel in his hair. So you can trust him. I, I'm cool now. Look at I have beard oil and pink socks. I am a feminist now. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're obviously, obviously um, going to accelerate this uh, other other type of alternative warfare um, in these entire Middle Eastern zones while on the surface acting like they're the good guys pulling out uh, militarily. They're still keeping their contractors. They're still keeping their covert operations in place. I don't know what the deal is with the opium, uh, which, and that's why I was going to say something actually earlier, which I forgot. The Taliban in 1999-2000 actually cut off all opium production to the point of it becoming something like 5% of world heroin. That's right. That's why Richard Armitage had to go in there. And Ricky Armitage stood before the Taliban and said, hey, look, here's the deal. Uh, you bring that opium production back online and allow these pipelines from the Caspian to go through. Otherwise, we're going to give you a, a choice, a carpet of bombs or a carpet of silver. Your choice. Yes. Yeah, yeah that was disgusting. And and what happened as soon as the bombing started and NATO got in there, all of a sudden it jacked up to 90 percent or more. Now it's about 80 percent of world heroin. No, we, we got it because because, you know, all the all the, the, the fentanyls coming from China, you know, they got to. Yeah. All the other nonsense, man. Well, that's increasingly taking over. Yeah, that, that's 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 taking over what heroin used to do. But e even there, but like here's look, the thing: like China I, dis thing. I, I dismantled the whole entire fentanyl from China thing for several times for for people that that want to listen. Um, you know, because Trump was on there when he was visiting the uh, southern border, and he was asking the border patrol guy, "Where's this uh, all this fentanyl coming from? Is it coming from China?" And the border patrol guy is coming from the Mexican drug cartels. Are they getting it from China? And the guy's like, "Yeah." But they don't understand the way – see, fentanyl has been highly regulated since 2015 in China, as well as in Europe, as well as in the U.S. Okay, so if I wanted to place an order for fentanyl, it's not some easy damn thing to do. It isn't, okay? especially when you want to make it in large amounts. Number one, you need a laboratory. Number two, and number three, in order to make it uh, you know, efficacious to give it to a vast majority of people and not kill yourself in the process, this is not like you know, uh, meth that you can cook in an RV like your Heisenberg. Okay, <laughs> it's, 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 it's not like that, right? Uh, what what the cartels are doing is in Mexico, you have a lot of labs that the cartels control. These are legitimate labs with all the certs. So if you're if a, if a lab is placing an order for fentanyl, which is a very effective palliative medication for people who are terminally dying, they're terminally ill, they're on their last legs, their organs are shutting down, they're dying of cancer, they're in hospice. Fentanyl is a wonderful way for you to leave this planet. It really is. Okay, um, you don't feel jack. Uh, or you'd have to you'd have to smoke like a thousand marijuanas at, at one time to equal the effect of a fentanyl, right? And you could just quietly go into into the into the afterlife hmm. until some idiots and you know some backwater figure out you can get an ultimate high out of this thing. Okay, so it's it's highly regulated. So what the, what the what the labs do because they meet all the search the the raw man, the, the raw material manufacturer will ship them the fentanyl, 
and they'll have to sign off on it. You know, it's it's it, it, there's a there's a chain of custody involved with fentanyl shipments, right? So they'll sign off on it. But what happens is once it gets into the lab and gets stored, it's actually taken out through the back door. And then once it's taken out through the back door, it's distributed. And if you look at a lot of the fentanyl that's coming in, these are pressed with pharmaceutical grade pressings. So what are they doing? Are they do, they don't have like I mean, they're pressing some high quality pills here with with uh, you know various uh, different types of stabilizers and whatnot in order to get it into the American public, right? But the point is this, okay? The point is this: we have a fentanyl problem here, but we also have a problem with psychotropic drugs. We also have a problem with every single drug you can imagine. We also have the highest prison population in the world. Okay, we have a problem with so many addictions in this country to begin with, you know. So to blame one country for a fentanyl problem is kind of dumb, if you ask me. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's really good. Can you actually put that that link or email me the link or put it in the description box of this video on YouTube? Um, I'd like to watch your your presentation on that. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. I, I have to go dig it up, but yeah, I, I broke down the whole entire thing how it happens. Yeah, that's good because yeah, I mean, I, I was looking at it from another angle. Being in Canada, I you know, um, there's a lot of anti-Chinese sentiment here as well, um, especially with the housing boom, and a lot of it is driven here in Toronto and Vancouver behind Chinese money coming in into real estate, um, and people don't get that um, a lot of the the Chinese, especially, it started flowing here in these big fluxes with in 1989 when Tiananmen Square failed, which was a, a sort of regime change operation from the West to uh, get in a, a a Chinese Gorbachev in China. That had failed under Soros. Uh, when China realized what was going on, they they cut out Soros. They they kicked him out. They 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 put their Chinese Gorbachev uh, in house arrest. And they 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 put a clamp down on on a lot of these things. Whereas in Russia, they 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 fell for it and they suffered for throughout the nineties. Um, so we had a big flux of um, triads of a lot of very dangerous characters coming into Ch British Canada, where they were like they weren't sure if they were all going to go to jail if they stayed in. But but here's were. here's the crazy here's the misplaced xenophobia here, right? Yeah. In, in the U.S., people are like man, Chinese coming up the bond up all the property, bruh. Don't worry about China buying a property. You better worry about BlackRock. They already you own the better yeah. <laughs> worry about BlackRock. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. No, man, that's the thing. People's people are just paying attention to the wrong things. But all, all that to say, like on, on, on this aspect, I would say BlackRock and this element of what came into North America from China uh, at this time was not disseparate. Uh, because China had its own deep state problem that it had to expel and deal with that wanted to destroy it from within. And uh, and that yet another flux when Hong Kong was uh, renationalized in 1997. You had another flux in Macau when the Portuguese gave it over in 1999 to, to China. That was these were colonies for over 100 years. And HSBC, you know, it's a London based operation. People think, oh, HSBC, Hong Kong, Shanghai, Shanghai, China, Bank of Con like no i'm sorry that's a london operation that was created to stuff opium down asia's throat for a long time it's not it's british and it still is based in britain as their headquarters uh they control hong kong's money supply like the majority of it so the the the, the china uh, the, the chinese deep state has been centered in hong kong an element of it in taiwan some of it in the regions of guangdong province as well which is on the border of hong kong which is where you have the richest people of china are sort of based um that's where a lot of the the zone of fentanyl is coming from so where you have a lot of these like laboratories that are off the grid so to speak 
they're they're in those zones, which is why China has been trying to assert its presence to stop these criminal syndicates, which have an, an integrated pro- involvement with the international Anglo-American uh, deep state, yep. both within uh, laundering money through the house, the Canadian housing market, which is behind the rising prices of Canadian housing through Caribbean uh, offshore banking, which there's hundreds of these like makeshift little mini banks that are laundering money that go through the Canadian housing run by these Hong Kong and triad billionaires with the support of England, uh, which and the city of London controls a big chunk of that, especially things like Scotiabank, um, which is one of the most active Caribbean zones of drug money laundering now as it was in the 1960s and 70s um, and HSBC. So, I mean, you know, I just try to get people to think that this is not about nation states. There's this other thing they have to take the time to understand, as I, you've done really well, I mean, uh, is, is to just get a sense that there's these two things. This other thing, this parasite has a nature, a character to it. You can understand, you can wrap your mind around it. And when you do that, you no longer will fall prey to this. China is the big bad wolf of the world that we have to, like, prepare to go to war with and fight the new world order. It's like this, those comments don't make any sense. But don't worry, Kyle Bass says everything's in free fall. Kyle Bass right, and his billionaire fe- friend Miles Gao, the 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 guy who's running from uh, extradition right now. Ah, it's dirty. It's dirty. Ah. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I I've offered to debate Kyle Bass. We we know some mutual friends. I said, hey, have this guy come on my show. I'd love to rebate, debate on. I'd, I'd hammer him in about a minute, make him look like an idiot. He wouldn't take I- it. I, I would totally, yeah. I'd put he was like, "Oh, let me see how he is." And my boy said that he, he played a clip of me, and uh, the guy he didn't want it. He didn't want the smoke, bro. He didn't want it. I'm not surprised. Oh man, I would I would pay to see that though. V, yeah, can be nice that that ever manifest. Oh, that'd be awesome. Play this guy. But uh, anyway, what else is on the radar, brother? What else went to space on? Or we cover the gambit of it. We, I mean, there's there's more to the gambit, but we could leave some stuff for for next week and see how the world evolves uh, seven days from now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot to cover. Um, even next week is going to be more exciting things in the realms of exceptional stand. Uh, Fauci's out there blaming unvaccinated people for the rise. You know, it's just, it's, uh, where do we go from here? It's, it's terrifying. Dude. Well, you know, it, it's interesting that the, that, that uh, France decided now, uh, they, they decided on the, the anniversary of Bastille Day, the storming of the Bastille, to uh, put these these major protocols into play under Macron to demand forced vaccinations of all healthcare workers, which has resulted in mass exoduses. Like hospitals have had big chunks of their staff empty out yep. of the hospitals in protest because they know that this is a false pandemic and they know what the consequences of a lot of these vaccines are, which is way underreported, even in VAERS, which even, even if you, you take, you heard about that major VAERS, lawsuit. Did you hear about that major lawsuit no. that was filed here in the, in the United States by uh, a uh, nonprofit organization called America's frontline doctors? No, they have uh, an inside whistleblower who has sworn uh, under the threat of perjury. Soren affidavit under the threat of perjury that they have absolute data that within three days, 45,000 people were were killed because of the jab. Really? I'd like to yep. see that. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I could honestly say I, I, I don't know. And I, I always maintain this is my approach. When people ask me, like, do you think that this is the jab that's going to be like the mass kill? Um, I, I'm of the view that I don't know that. I know that things are a lot worse as far as side effects of this jab. I know somebody, a direct um, uh, uh, person who I, I, I had, who's a co-writer with me on, on several platforms who did die, Dennis Etler, 
mm-hmm. a day after he took the jab, a day after. Um, I know many, wow. many people who have been down for emergency. I mean, people. CJ, see, everybody CJ knows has been has been down with the jab, right? Siege, like they've been like bad reactions, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, reactions uh, two had to go in for heart related issues. Um, you know, again, they try to pass it off as to oh, you know, it's you know, it's just due to the age, and they're really you know they're they they don't blame it at all on the on the on the vaccine, but literally. Even my uh, sister, who was pro pro uh, vaccine, her second jab, she ended up in the in the ER, uh, thinking she was having a heart attack. So yeah, I've, I I know more people who have who have been uh, had a bad reaction than and and I know that there's a lot of people probably in the closet that just don't feel comfortable sharing that they did have a bad reaction to it. I, I know so many people in my world. Uh, I know I know directly, directly like first degree knowledge of people, not like friends of friends, who uh, had heart attacks. Um, I, I know uh, a friend of my my wife um, who was in the uh, the ER for ten hours because they had an anaphylactic uh, shock. They couldn't even breathe um, for ten hours, and they were not even seen. They had to leave without being seen. That was a statistic that certainly did not show up on any reporting system. The only uh, only the only jab I would take is, is Sputnik V, bro. That'd be the only jab maybe. I would. Take. I'd be open to that too. Yeah. Um, but I don't even know. Like, I mean, I'd, I'd be open Heck, to that. I'll, I'll even take the Sinovax. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, frankly, maybe, maybe. But uh, I'll. So that's the thing is, I don't know whether it's like this is. These are bad. These are bad statistics. They're underreported. Um, is this a big one? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think the, the the biggest danger currently is that they're they've habituated us to accepting that there will be forever new variants that could be created out of thin air. Already, the the, the head of the World Health Organization is saying that. Uh, all of the gains we made with vaccines over the past six months are now for nil because these new Delta and other variants are now like taking over. So they're already preparing us, right, for exactly. new and let, Let's be straight up here, man. It's like the, yeah. the, 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 the jabs that are put out by these three idiot companies, the one that can't get baby powder right, the other one that's being sued, and the other one that hasn't made a single product in their entire existence except for this jab. Yeah, They're all mRNA. And yeah. that's gene therapy. That's not a vaccine. Sputnik V, Sinovac, these are traditional vaccines. Mm, where viruses well, I, I think the Sputnik, the Sputnik does use mRNA technology, though. It's, it's, uh, it does seem to have much better statistics. But I does think it really? I, I don't think it does. I thought it, I thought it wasn't. Oh, I might, well, I might let's, let's verify that. From what I've I've anyway. read, something that that indicated that it was using the mRNA technology, but maybe it, I I was thinking maybe it's just more responsible about what it's doing. I don't know. No. I, I I thought it was a, a, a typical, and that's why the the the, the Western companies poo pooed it because they're like it's not mRNA. We're using advanced mRNA. You're using uh, traditional vaccine methods, and there's no way you could use traditional vaccine methods. It'll take you too long. And they're right, so tell you what, let, let's figure do it out. Let's, let's hey, ne- as of next week, let's get a final answer on this. Wait, and, we got uh, we got the uh, we got CJ here. Joe oh, Rogan has Jamie. Right, I got, got it. CJ. All right, all right no, CJ. Yeah, we'll 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 save it for next week. Yeah, all right, next week. tune in next week to find tune out. Tune in next week. <laughs> find out <laughs> mRNA. But my best advocate for uh, for a healthy immune system is uh, just take care of yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. No, exactly. That's exactly it. Take your vitamin D. Uh, eat well. Get exercise. Like really, honestly, and uh, there there are therapeutics. There there are things to deal with, like ivermectin and other things that are out oh, there that are yeah. that are accessible. Um, they just are not talked about or they're poo pooed, um, which are viable. I mean, if you really want to deal with some of the symptoms that are going to arise, 
Um, this idea of like this gene therapy that that's being put out there uh, masquerading as a vaccine, the, there's a lot of red alarms. And uh, again, my big concern is that when I look at the, the those who are controlling the operating system and I look at the the actions of people like Bill Gates in Bangladesh, in Africa, in India, um, I, I, I don't have all of the mechanics and the details, but there's shady, shady stuff. They're way too excited about depopulation to make me comfortable. Yep. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I think the idea of us just allowing for vaccine passports to legitimize our right to work or leave the house or get a, our, our license renewed or fly, um, that's a whole can of fascist worms that you're opening up if you allow that to, to become a new norm. So... Very well said. Yeah. Matthew Hurt, the man, the myth, the legend himself. You can find him over at CanadianPatriot.com as well as the risingfoundation.net. The risingfoundation.net, and my friends, is the online library of Alexandria. Go there, read upon it, educate yourself, empower yourself to know what is true, what is not, and get into the classical literature of classical thought and classical humanity that points to the interstellar future. There you go. How's that? That's pretty good. I, I support that that finale. And and for anybody who wants to uh, join in next uh, Sunday, we're going to have a class um, on John F. Kennedy's Battle with the Empire um, at 4 p.m. Sunday. They just need to send an email to info at risingtidefoundation.net, and they will receive a Zoom link um, for that. And every Sunday, we do things at 2 or at 4 p.m. in the afternoon. Um, on different aspects of history, on science. So just keep that in mind if you want to expand your horizons, your mind, your paradigm. Um, let me know. And uh, it's free. We ask for donations if possible. If not, that's okay too. And uh, yeah, jump on board. Very well said. And with that being said, folks, we are at the end of the show. Subscribe, like, comment, and share. And join us till the next episode. See, do we got Gus tomorrow? I think so. I think he's uh, back. Join he us for be back home. Freedom Join Fest. us for yeah, I think Freedom Fest is only one week, so he should be oh, back. Perfect. Yeah. Join us for uh, for a cuss with Gus tomorrow. And again, folks, do not be offended if there is cussing. That is part of the title. Cuss <laughs> with Gus. And with that being said, CJ, take it away. <laughs>